are certainly few pieces of music more recognizable in fish history than the section I just played you. In case you didn't know it, that is the legendary Camden Chalk Dust and the home of today's soundcheck show, which is Camden, 99, July 10th. And welcome everybody to episode 69 of the Daily Soundcheck. I am your host, Mike Lawn Memo Minio. So let's talk just a little bit about the Camden Chalk Dust before we start. That is many people's favorite song, jam, whatever you want to call it, version ever of any fish jam. I have talked to many people and they think that Camden Chalk Dust is the best jam in fish history. I don't personally think that, but you can understand why. The section I played you especially is incredibly beautiful. It's soaring. It really gives you all the feels. And if that's what you like from Trey Anastasio when he plays, I mean, that's an incredible version. So it's very interesting that that took place uh, July 10th, 1999, because 1999 fish, and especially in the summer, is kind of its own weird animal. There's a lot of kind of mindless jams, jams that kind of meander a little bit. I happen to like most of the 99 jams more than people, but that's an oftentimes that's the criticism. And this jam is certainly not that. It does a little bit for probably the first five minutes, but obviously in that section, Trey takes charge and we are off into the heavens. So it's kind of a cool shift from 1999, and it's also very early in the show. This was the second song of the first set. So, you know, very, very unbelievable way to kick things off. And it goes into an excellent version of Rogue, one of the first versions to kind of ever go anywhere different than, you know, the composed section and the kind of type one jam that it, it is kind of famous for. But this Rogue that comes after the Chalk Dust, also you want to seek that one out. So welcome again, everybody. Episode 69. It's good to be back. I would like to welcome everybody and tell you, make sure you're going to thedailysoundcheck.com. That's a great place to check out the show. I have a bunch of pictures up there, links, all of the sources that we cite. If you want to kind of get yourself and see what we're talking about, go to thedailysoundcheck.com. Make sure you are following me on Twitter at Lawn Memo. That's best place to hit me up. I do a lot of research that way. People respond to the show there, and I'm very thankful for everybody that hits me up there. The Daily Soundcheck is a proud partner of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at osirispod.com. We are launching a new show that is going to be all about Big Cypress, so make sure you're checking that out. Follow Osiris Pod on Twitter, or that's uh, hit up myself, and I'll be happy to push you into the direction of all the different amazing shows we have. So let's get into today's show. It's an epic one. This was released on Live Fish, and we're going to talk a little bit about Camden, New Jersey. Well, more specifically, the venue known as Camden. So people just call it Camden, but it's in Camden, New Jersey, and it's went by a lot of different names. It is an important shed in fish history, no doubt about it, and there's a lot of mixed emotions when I say Camden. A lot of people think of it as dirty, sketchy, and just kind of not a nice place you want to be around after dark. But it's also got incredible fish memories. It's a pretty decent place to see a show. And, you know, fish has really thrown it down there. Today's show, July 10th, 1999, is the first of 15 shows to take place at the venue known as Camden. Now, originally in 1995, and for our show, it was named the E-Center. And that was after Blockbuster and Sony Music Naming Rights. It became the Tweeter Center in 2001 and then the Susquehanna Bank in 2008. And now in 2015, it is currently called the BB&T Pavilion, again named after another bank. One of the kind of cool things about Camden is in the outdoor capacity, the big, when we see fish come through here, it is a big place. It holds almost 26,000, 25,488. And in the winter, it can actually be fully converted to an enclosed uh, shed, and that holds about 7,000. So they use it in the winter when it's freezing cold in Philly. Philly, I feel you. I'm up here in Buffalo freezing as well. And, And, you know, so having that versatility makes it a really cool spot. As a really, really nice view of the Philly skyline and the Delaware River. So that's kind of the character that is involved with Camden. It's known for a huge nitrous scene and a very sketchy neighborhood, though. 
So, you know, you don't want to go after dark. We got a couple people uh, on Twitter hit us up with some stories we're going to talk about in just a few. So before we get too far into kind of maybe the negative scene of Camden, I wanted to hit up a couple of my friends and they run an awesome podcast on our network here that's called Fear of a Craft Beer Planet. And you can find that at Fear Craft Beer on Twitter. So at Fear Craft Beer. And they're Philly guys, and my buddy Jay Rose reached out to me. He wanted to tell a story about this actual show that he was at, and he lives just a couple miles about the venue. So I'm not from Philly, and those boys are. They do a hell of a job. I was actually on their podcast in episode 90, talking about beer, which is one of my loves. I'm actually uh, drinking a Death by Coconut from Oscar Blues tonight, and it's fantastic in this cold weather. And uh, I just wanted to... Have them on the show, talk a little bit about Camden, and Jay does an amazing job and tells a really cool story. So just for a couple minutes, again, this is Jay Rose from Fear Craft Beer. Hey, everybody. Jay Rose here from the Fear of Craft Beer Planet Craft Beer Podcast, coming to you live and direct from my back porch here on a beautiful Sunday, fall afternoon in the northeast part of the United States, sitting here with my dog, Mr. Arlonius P. Funk drinking some coffee and just thinking about some things. Um, if you're unfamiliar with our podcast, we are located based, I guess you'd say right out of, uh, the South Jersey Philly area, basically a suburb of Philadelphia. Um, so when Juan memo was kind of going through putting this episode together, he reached out to us and asked if we had any cool, funny, interesting stories about Camden, seeing as how Camden is our, uh, our home venue. And has been since, oh God, the mid-90s when it opened. And it was called the Sony Blockbuster Music Entertainment Center or something ridiculous like that. Um, and we've been going there ever since. Um, I know I've seen loads of shows there, loads of fish, loads of almonds, Steve Miller Band, Dewey Brothers, Santana. Um, I saw Rage Against the Machine and Wu-Tang there. I've seen Billy Joel and Elton John there. I mean, the list goes on forever. But... One date stands out, obviously, 71099. Any of you Fish fans that were at that show or have, obviously, I'm sure you've heard that show, know that Fish burned the building down that night. Um, and there's no question about that. But when I, what went on in the lot before the show was actually pretty cool. Um, the United States women's soccer team was in the World Cup finals that day against China. And um, this was 1999. you got to remember, technology definitely wasn't was what it is today. And some bro managed to drag a giant TV out to the lot. And back then, they were dirt lots in Camden. I don't know if anybody remembers before they were paved and before there were helicopters and you couldn't use tents. It really was the Wild West. Um, the lots were dirt. It was dusty. It was dirty. Um, it was nuts. It was nuts. But some dude had the wherewithal to drag a giant television out to the lot which is no small feat, really, because TVs were enormous in 1999, basically giant pieces of furniture that were uh, able to, to show moving pictures with sound. It was a bizarre time. Uh, but this guy managed to, uh, to drag a TV out to the lot, and um, people were kind of gathered around watching the game. And as the game was winding down, the crowds were getting bigger. Um, beers were being, were, were being drank. You know, balloons were going. Uh, you, you name it, it was happening. But the crowd was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the game ended uh, regulation ended and it was a tie and it was and going it had gone into a shootout now the crowd is enormous i mean i i couldn't put a number on how many people but there were loads of people and everybody was on the edge of their seats it was quiet everybody was watching this this shootout the united states ended up winning the shootout brandy chastain um hit the goal i'm sure you've seen the iconic picture where she hits the goal and rips her shirt off and slides across the glass or the grass um the lot went bananas somebody fired up tweezer reprise right as it hit um blasting it everybody was hugging each other beers were being dumped and sprayed at people it was an unbelievable scene in the parking lot um too 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 friggin cool and probably my best memory of that uh that ridiculous building the giant concrete amphitheater over there you know i'm literally right now from my house i'm about four or five miles away i could be there in under 10 minutes um, on a clear night in the summer when there's shows happening outside, I can sit on my front porch and I can, uh, I can literally hear the band, whoever's playing. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat. I, I do have a very, a very deep, soft spot in my heart for that ridiculous venue. And uh, boy, that memory of that day sticks with me. I can see it just like it was yesterday, man. The clouds of dusk and dirty hippies and dreads and, uh, and Sierra Nevada and Sammy Smith being dumped all over people and 
the hugging and it was just unbelievable unbelievable scene and uh one of my best fish memories overall so yeah that's what i got for you guys have fun enjoy the rest of the show so thanks jay for coming on the show really appreciate it and telling that awesome story and setting the scene for us a little bit here it's very famously known trey wore mia ham's number nine jersey during the show and i just saw a picture recently of him and his two girls with him in that actual jersey. So it's a big moment. I kind of like that Jay talks about how, you know, it was different back then. <laughs> Throwing a TV like this, you know, it's not everybody's on their cell phone. You forget, you know, when you go to a lot now, it's just completely different. You have access to everything, good and bad. But, you know, what a scene, everybody getting around and, you know, having fun watching some soccer before the game and then seeing one of the best shows in fish history. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good day. So a couple of people on Twitter reached out to me that I wanted to uh, throw out there. The first one is TMBGNICU, and he said, I made the fish set list call from a payphone. Again, a payphone. Maybe some of you don't even know what that is nowadays. But ap- that happened after the show. I believe it was to Julia Mordant, and that I phoned her, and there was a volunteer sign-up, and I was so excited to help. So people actually had to phone in the set list not just magically go to fish.net and watch it appear you know this was it took a lot of work back in those days so thanks for reaching out and more importantly updating us with that set list at matt matt fellman he says i was in jail that weekend when i was i hit a cop on lot uh the camden jail is uh actually less fun than camden Choctaw's torture is what he says and there was a lot of stories that came to me about undercover cops and people going to jail and getting buying stuff and all kinds of stuff going on. So it was a pretty sketchy lot going on there. Uh, Jay Rosenquest, he said there was barbed wire fences around the lot, and that was to keep the locals out. And he still got robbed that night. At Wisco Brando says, I was at 99 and I missed the on-ramp and ended up in a sketchy part of town. A cop stopped him and told him to make sure you don't stop at any red lights. Get out of here. So, you know, it's got a reputation, but you see some amazing shows at Camden. It's not just this one. It's just got an incredible place in fish history. Seek them out. There's a lot of great jams at Camden. So today's sound check is one song, but it's one that we haven't had before, and it's pretty cool. And that is Blue Bayou, and that's the Roy Orbison classic. It's only been played twice by Fish, both in 1992, once in the summer and once in December in 92. So this is seven years later. It's been teased a couple times, and we get this really cool sound check version. It has a really good kind of sound for Mike. I kind of like his voice when it's in the right register. And this is a little bit toward the top of it, but, you know, I dig it. And Mike's really doing a good job. And it's really cool because it's also a good representation of 99. There's effects and loops going around. And it's so incredibly just fish. Trey starts to phrase with his guitar all the things that Mike is singing at the very end. And it's really cool. I mean, he just has a mastery of everything at this point. So it's really cool to hear toward the last couple of minutes. Keep an eye out for that. And the whole sound check is not been released. We only have this one song, but the whole sound check goes foam, funky bitch back at the chicken shack and then our blue Bayou. So it's only about six minutes long. We're going to play blue Bayou for you. And then we're going to come back and I have some bonus from this incredible show. So again, this is the blue Bayou sound check from July 10th, 1999 at the E Center in Camden, New Jersey.
Pretty interesting sound check, and I'm all about that. I love the hour-long jams, but I also like things that are a little bit different. We got a, a lot of funky bitches. We got a lot of dog logs. We don't have a lot of Blue Bayou in the Fish universe. So really happy to bring that one to you, and it's just an awesome take on the Roy Orbison classic. And, you know, it's totally fishy, and I love that. So, again, this is an incredible show here at Camden 99. I got to play you a bonus track. I'm going to play you two together. I'm going to play you the set to opening Tweezer into Mountains in the Mist. And a lot of people love the first set, and it's, it's awesome. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, we talked about the Chalk Dust Torture, 
The Rogue is awesome. The bathtub gin is excellent. And it's really good example of how well fish can play. But the set two is kind of sneaky and kind of a little bit more my style. And this is kind of classic 99 tweezer. Tweezer is very meandering here for some people. But it's very, very groovy for me. And I'm all about the groove. I like to chill out, find my dance groove, let my mind wander a little bit. And this tweezer does that, but it's got force and I'm into that. And I love this tweezer a lot more than a lot of people do. So I hope that maybe you enjoy it as much as I do. And it goes into one of my favorite songs, which is Mountains in the Mist. And I couldn't leave that off. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous version of it. So here we go. This is the set two opening tweezer into Mountains in the Mist from July 10th, 1999 at the E-Center in Camden, New Jersey.
Pretty awesome tweezer, if you ask me. Gorgeous mountains in the mist. That's a power combo in, in the world of Law and Memo. That is right up my alley. So thanks a lot, everybody. I hope you had a good time reliving Camden. Again, this was episode 69 of the Daily Soundcheck with your host, Mike Lawn Memo Minio. Episode 70 is going to be a really cool one. We're going to visit a show not many of you were probably at, but I got a guy that was, and he's going to tell us some stories about it. So have a good weekend, everybody, and enjoy your fish, and peace be the journey. This is Mike Ganser of Aqueous letting you know the Daily Soundcheck is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris connects you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about the artists and topics you love. Visit OsirisPod.com to check out our shows. Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Check them out at jambase.com.